Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Crux of the Story, the podcast that focuses on the intersections of communication and society. This is Gary Sheffer. I'm a professor of public relations at Boston University's College of Communication. I'm here with my co-host, Mike Fernandez, Chief Communications Officer at Enbridge. Hello, Mike. Uh, good morning, Gary. So, Mike, uh, what were you doing 45 years ago, 1978? Well, as you know, for us Yankee fans, 1978 was a pretty good year. I still remember, yes. remember Bucky Dent hitting the famous home run <laughs> against the Boston Red Sox in the AL East tiebreaker. Uh, exactly. But I actually was a student at Georgetown. I was working in politics and writing code in COBOL uh, using SPSS1. Uh, that's the, you know, it's used by social scientists, pollsters, researchers, and now they're on SPSS 29. Um, but it, uh, it it certainly was a long time ago. I think I was sporting an Afro then. Um, living in, wow. in D.C., I remember the Washington Bullets winning the NBA championship with Elvin Hayes. Uh, but uh, that's Man, I'm glad ago. this is an audio-only podcast, Mike, <laughs> after you mentioned that. I have that. nothing close to that Afro today. <laughs> well, like you, I was in, in college. And you had hair. <laughs> and yes, I did. I had a lot of hair. And uh, today, it's uh, I'm more streamlined than I used to be. But I was in college and ah. studying English literature. I think Jimmy Carter was still president at that time. And for me personally, I'll just end this uh, reminiscence by saying, I think one of the most popular albums at the time was uh, Darkness on the Edge of Town by Springsteen. Yeah, I remember seeing Springsteen when I was in college. All right. So uh, we've just proven, <laughs> Mike and I, that we're old. And now we're going to get to the substance of today's podcast uh, and I'm talking about 1978, because that's when Boston University established PR Lab, which is the longest running student-led PR agency in the country. Of course, a lot has changed in 45 years. The creation of the internet, the rise of social media, the prominence of influencers, the creation of the crux of the story podcast. Very, very important but also an increasing understanding of the importance of communicators being involved in C-suite discussions, strategic planning, product development, you name it. The profession really has advanced from a value standpoint over those 45 years. But with all these changes, there are still some things in what we do that remain the same. Joining us today to discuss this is Professor Amy Chandler. Amy. Welcome. Amy co-directs PR Lab with Professor Justin Joseph. And Amy has 25 years of experience managing communications activities for multiple organizations and industries, including Director of Public and Media Relations for Royal Phillips in North America, great company. Before that, Amy directed PR strategies and community relations for the office products giant Staples managed PR for Cognos, which is now a division of IBM, and oversaw operations for the PR Club of New England. She served as a senior account manager for a high technology public relations subsidiary, Fleischmann Hilliard. In addition to PR Lab, Amy also teaches courses on the principles of public relations, crisis communications, 
and media relations. Suffice to say, she's won many awards over the years for her work and that I have stolen liberally from Amy as I learned how to transition from being uh, in business to being a professor. And so, Amy, thanks for being on The Crux. I want to also introduce our other guests. Melissa Booker is a senior PR major at BU. She's an account supervisor on the Alila skincare product team this semester after working as an account executive last semester. She's interested in crisis and corporate PR, specifically the intersection between business and public relations. Melissa will be graduating in just a few weeks and has an exciting position lined up as a media analyst at Teneo in New York City, a very terrific agency. And our third guest is Nicole Mallow, who's been a PR lab client for nearly seven years. Nicole is the director of development at Academy of the Pacific Rim Charter Public School in Boston's Hyde Park neighborhood. Previously, PR Lab supported her work at Partners for Youth with Disabilities. She is also a BU alum graduating in 2003 with a degree in French language and literature. Amy, Melissa, and Nicole, welcome to the crux of the story. Welcome to the crux. Each week, two of the world's top communicators take you behind the scenes of the news of the day to explore the crux of communications that are shaping business, politics, and our daily lives. Hello, this is Gary Shepard. Hi, I'm Mike Fernandez, and we're glad to be with you from Boston University. Great, thank you. Thank you. It's great to be here. Thank you. So let's start with Amy. So 45 years is a long time. Congratulations to you and Professor Joseph. Um, Could you describe to our audience what PR Lab is and how it provides a unique opportunity for both students and clients? Sure. And Gary, Mike, thanks so much for having us on today and for acknowledging our 45th anniversary. It's truly a milestone and one that we could not get to without the support of the greater PR community with Boston University and with our students and clients. So it's exciting to be here. So PR Lab is a full service public relations agency. We provide paying clients a full range of services from media relations to social media, event planning, content marketing. We'll even do research projects, video creation. Really, it's whatever the clients are needing to help support and achieve their business outcomes. It's really a win-win kind of relationship though, because our students, they get to work with real clients on real business challenges. They have the opportunity to not just create content, but to put it out in the market and then analyze the impact that it's having so they can measure their results. They walk away with a portfolio, with real experience, And they're ready to step into a professional agency situation and be productive from day one. For our clients, it's also a win because they get access to the best and brightest. Okay, I'm a little biased, but I do think our students are the best and brightest uh, in the industry. They, uh, PR Lab gets the support of not only these students, but also faculty members uh, who have been in the industry for a long time and can pop in and and support and bolster our students' efforts. 
the students are incredibly talented and incredibly diverse. Uh, the work that they can do in graphic design and video and writing uh, is, is incredible and it's worth so, has so much value um, to the organizations. And of course, the clients win because we only charge a whopping $300 a semester uh, for, for the work. So uh, yeah, we, when we say it's a win-win, we think we, we pretty much nailed that. <laughs> so that's a deal. Amy, Nicole, Melissa, welcome. Hey, Amy, because of the great reputation of PR Lab, and maybe because of the price tag, uh, <laughs> how do you choose which clients the PR Lab uh, will work for? And what does that process look like? It's so interesting, Mike, because you you actually honed in on something where you said we choose the clients. I yeah. think we're the only PR agency that has a waiting list. I think most PR agencies, that model is different, right? You're going out and you're pitching the business and you're convincing clients why you're the best agency. But I think the secret has gotten out about PR Lab and we have organizations of all different sizes, uh, different types of commercial entities, nonprofits. We've even worked with government offices before uh, to get access to our students and the work that they can provide. It's all student managed too. I want to put that out there. It's not Justin and I who are deciding who are the clients. The students sort this out. Clients typically apply apply through our website and have to provide a summary of what they're hoping to accomplish and achieve with our students. Then the student leaders will interview those clients and get a better understanding of the context and the situation. And then they have to match up how do our students' skills align with those client needs. We also are then balancing the unique academic environment. It's not like an agency where I can just go and hire more people. Mm -hmm. We have to right size the number of clients based on how many students are actually registered per semester. So it's a little bit of a chicken egg situation where we think we know how many clients we need, but once our students register, then we can loop in and, and make some adjustments there. Uh, and then we run in the fall and we run in the spring. And so we're doing our spring recruiting in the fall and our fall recruiting and qualification happens in the spring and summertime. So that has to be tough too, because these have to be more than likely project oriented given the time horizon, right? That's right, Mike. We really only have 13 weeks to do a good job for these clients. And I know uh, Nicole will probably speak to that and Melissa can speak to that a little bit more from a hands-on perspective, but it's, you're right. It's figuring out what are those projects that we can reasonably accomplish well for our clients within that period of time. We also want to offer our students a diversity of selection. So we want to make sure we have some commercial entities and some nonprofit organizations to help our students you know, find, find and work in those industries that will help propel them on their career trajectory. Now, if I remember correctly, when I was at Boston University, that around that time, uh, PR Lab had actually won awards against for-profit agencies. Is that right? Yes, and we're still doing that, actually. To this day, uh, we still continue to win awards, not just in student categories, but in, in professional, professional awards, professional categories against other agencies. Um, so, for example, we just won uh, an honorable mention in the PR News Nonprofit Awards for 2023 in the um, shoestring budget category for some work we did with a client called Aaron's Presence. Um, also, that same client work also won uh, a social impact award from PR News as well. So that we have a, a running list of awards, but it, I think it's really amazing that the caliber of work that our students are doing 
is on par with or exceeds the quality of work that's being conducted by my professional colleagues out in the industry. That's terrific. So I want to jump to our client perspective here. Nicole, thank you for being here. First, could you tell us a little bit uh, about your school? The Academy, Academy of the Pacific, Pacific Rim Charter, Charter Public, Public School. school. We, we go by APR. Is a 26-year-old school with a legacy of a world-class education. We are both a middle school and a high school. So we're grades 5 through 12 with 545 students, and our educators, our teachers, and our staff have a commitment to every student because we know that every student can achieve at the highest levels so that we can fulfill our mission of empowering students of all racial and ethnic backgrounds to achieve their full intellectual and social potential. And what we do works our students. We now have 720 plus alumni and they graduate college at a rate of 70%, which oh, is great. double the national average. And we're so grateful to work with PR Lab. We've worked with PR Lab since 2019. And the account executives have been able to really showcase some of uh, the unique aspects of what we do. So, so Nicole, what was your goal in connecting w with PR Lab? And, and what was it that you wanted to come out in your collaboration with the agency? I think a couple of things, and I think this touches upon some of what Amy mentioned too, uh, well, of course, we are. I mean, what we do and what we stand for is learning and education and making sure that students can grow and thrive. So that's been another beautiful aspect where we can work with the, the these students and, and the BU community, which is another institution, a high, higher institution of learning, and see our the PR lab students learn and grow. Well, at the same time, we can really expand. PR at APR. Excellent. And how has that worked out for you, Nicole? What's What has been the result for you in your relationship with PR Lab? Yeah, we've been successful. And I, I think to, I mean, I can think to every single semester, but I think to that first semester in the fall of 2019, when the team came on board and uh, one example is they honed in our college, our college placement program, which is one of the best in the world. And they said, gosh, we, you know, we want to, we definitely want to showcase this to um, all stakeholders. And so we created something called Tip Tuesday, where we created videos with the college placement team experts sharing about some of the, the tips in, in applying to college and being successful in the college admissions process. Um, I think about in 2020, in the fall of 2020, when the team came on board and right from the get-go, I think one of our first meetings, um, we said, we have this project that just came to light for an update of the college admissions profile, a rebranding of this specific um, content marketing piece. And one of the AEs said, I can do this. And they did it and it was amazing. And it's a piece that we still use to this day. Um, one in the spring of 2020, we created an amazing recruitment video 
um, whose main audience would be potential new students. We created the video in English and a version in Spanish. And again, videos we still use to this day. That's fantastic. So I want to change gears a little bit. Uh, you know, Nicole kind of opened up the door on on learning and and, and working with uh, students. Uh, Amy, as 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 we've seen by through the Edelman Trust Barometer, other anecdotal evidence, as well as our own experience, public trust in general is down, and I'm sure the politically polarized world we live in doesn't help. Comparatively, people put more trust today in business leaders, especially in the leader of the company that they're working for, uh, than they do in other institutions like government and media. As you work uh, with this next generation of top communicators, how do you think about this shift and how do you kind of prepare them for that world? I think first and foremost, Mike, we have to acknowledge it and we talk about it. And the Edelman Trust Barometer is something that comes into many of our classes because of that shift. And it all comes down to understanding our audiences, right? As I know I'm talking to like-minded PR professionals here, the more we understand our audiences, their beliefs, their attitudes, where they're coming from, the better opportunity we have to connect with them. So when we are working with our clients, one of the things that our PR lab students do is a really in-depth audience analysis to really try to understand who are we talking to. And it's not just customers. It might be, you know, in Nicole's case, donors or prospective students. It might be customers. It might be partners or um, distributors. Like there's a wide range of potential audiences. It's, it's understanding who they trust and who they trust not only directly, but also as a credible third party. And that's where we direct our communication. So uh, putting the person at the organization who is that subject matter expert out there, right? That's the voice of the organization. Choosing third party news sites that the audiences do still find credible. In a lot of cases, those are local news outlets, local news media sources, and working with third-party influencers who, uh, whether they're paid or earned relationships, who hold weight in the minds of our audiences. So it's just part of good PR, I think, Mike, to understand what is the general context out there, and then how does that apply with each of our individual unique client situations. Let's turn to Melissa, our student today. First, congratulations on graduating in a few weeks and on your new position in New York. Thank you. There's lots of excitement ahead for you. Very exciting. Melissa, can you just tell us about your experience with PR Lab? What have you been working on and and uh, what do you think you've gotten out of it? Absolutely. So I've been in PR Lab. This is my second semester. In the fall, I was an account executive and now I've jumped up to an account supervisor. So I oversee a team. Uh, last semester, I worked with a B2B, B2C organization called the Boston Women's Market, and my team and I really focused on content creation and media relations, and you know, this was my first time really getting to do some hands-on PR work as opposed to just you know, the academics I'd been learning for the past few years, and I think PR Lab is extremely validating that you know, the projects that you're doing throughout your academic career really can make a difference and can be applied in a way that's actually helping clients. And getting to see that, you know, hands-on primarily, it was really an incredible experience and made me want to come back. And now I'm kind of 
you know, working my skills a little bit with team management. I got to be on the team last semester and now I get to manage the team. And it really stretches a lot of skills of, of course, PR, but also learning how to be a good director, learning how to be a team player, a collaborator, and kind of see how all the work we're doing makes a difference in the grand scheme of things. I think it's incredible. That's fantastic. You know, when I, when students come to my office or we discuss their careers and uh, their courses, boy, I always recommend PR Lab. Mm -hmm. Really, for the direct contact with clients and the chance, the opportunity to lead a team, Mm -hmm. I can tell you that when I was recruiting undergraduates into my uh, company, those were things I always looked for. Mm-hmm. Um, was actual experience working with clients, and have you begun to help define yourself as a leader? So I'm really glad to uh, to hear um, about that. Now you're going out into the world uh, of work at a time where we've been through a few things over the past few <laughs> years, and your college years certainly have been interesting, um, Melissa. So I'm going to ask you a, a big question here to sort of represent your generation here, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, how has the experience of the last few years from COVID and sort of the social and civil and economic disparity that we're seeing uh, in the United States, particularly, but around the world as well, too, um, how has that affected your mindset as you prepare to head into the world of work? Thank you for tuning in to this episode of The Crux. On The Crux, we discuss the intersection of communications, business, and society. Follow us at The Crux on Facebook and Twitter. You can also find our episodes on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and on our website at thecruxpodcast.org. Now, let's get back to the episode. Yeah, I mean, these past three years has been crazy. And I think the most intimidating part of it is now we're seeing this shift of kind of like a post-COVID back to normal in the workplace. And, you know, this incoming graduating class has no realistic conception of what that looks like. We've kind of been in an isolated bubble of learning how to be a working adult uh, through Zoom and Microsoft Teams. You know, we talked about this in PR Lab recently, but I've never done a professional interview in person and my internships and my jobs have pretty much been on my laptop from the comfort of my my room or a coffee shop of patience on both the side of the student and the prospective employer just because we're dealing with a group of people that you know has learned a lot in their time in college and is extremely technologically advanced and has a lot of skills that previous generations might not have but I think this like this incoming graduating class is definitely intimidated to see, you know, what's behind the doors of, you know, what COVID has been and where we're going. It's just leading leading us basically into uncharted territory for sure. Well, that's uh, just talking to you for a few minutes. I have the sense that you're going to do just fine. Janelle <laughs> <laughs> made a smart choice. Um, the, um, <laughs> I'm just curious. You're going to go in. You're going to be a media analyst. Uh, you've grown up as a digital native. Um, what kind of words of advice do you have for uh, baby boomers like Gary and I in terms of what we should be thinking about if we want to 
do better in social media, let's say for the crux and, uh, and, and what platforms might matter most to reach a younger audience, the Gen Z consumer? Yeah, this is a, that's a monster of an entity. It's very complicated, I feel like. And I think the most important thing is to know when you're realizing how to figure out creating socials and creating content and building an audience base, there really isn't a perfect algorithm that's going to give you a great social post or give you an engaged audience base. I think today trends move extremely fast and Gen Z is really quick to call out companies or organizations for being cringeworthy or for being out of touch. And it makes it really easy to mess up and puts a lot of pressure on the organization. And I think previous generations make the mistake in both ways of thinking a little bit too hard about the content they're producing because then it comes out overthought and stuffy. But then if they try to you know, take too many risks, it can completely miss the mark. Uh, I think having the younger team members who are willing to, you know, take risks and move with the trends is crucial. Um, there are also just a lot of misconceptions about social media, and it's hard to pinpoint them because they're all over the map. I think some companies completely neglect socials because they don't know how to engage with it appropriately. And then some companies will overcompensate and tire their audiences with content. And then there are some companies that are doing everything right and never really hit where they want to hit because you know, things like TikTok and platforms where there's just so much oversaturation of content, they're, they're never going to hit what they're looking for. And I think, you know, social media today is different than it was five years ago. It's different than it was three years ago. And I think being able to move faster than you ever have before and really stay in the know as much as you can and have those younger team members, you know, working with you is, is as much as you can do to really get that content where you want it. Nicole, I'm going to come back to you as a, as a client of PR Lab. And, and we talked about it uh, earlier, or you did, you talked about it earlier, and how you want to reach your prospective students. And I'm very interested in what works for you as, as a recruiter, really, you're, you're, you're looking for, for, for great students. And, and how does, I mean, you mentioned how PR Lab has helped you, but really, uh, to follow up on Melissa's comments, what works for you today? Yeah. Uh, well, we find that in reaching that audience of prospective students, mm -hmm. the most effective is our current families at school, you might call them family ambassadors, our current students, our staff and educators. That's it. That's the number, that's the number one way. Um, but other parts of the strategy are making sure that we are out in the community in, in different ways, shapes, forms, whether we're tabling at local organizations uh, and mm -hmm. then, of course, the presence in media, um, as we've already, we already touched upon, certainly social content is important, um, as is, uh, as Amy mentioned, um, thinking about those third, those trusted third party um you could say um, vehicles, whether it's local newspapers. It's a great case study, really, for community-based organizations like yours. And, and the effort you have to put in, in this case, with the help of PR Lab, to continue to be successful. Things that, you know, schools didn't have to think about years ago uh, when Mike and I were barefoot in a one-room classroom, right? So it's really, I, I'm, I'm sort of intrigued by this, the need, particularly for social media, 
to, for uh, APR to be successful. Amy? Yeah, I wanted to chime in though. One of the reasons why APR has been successful is that Nicole is a terrific client. And I'm not just mm-hmm. saying this to, to bolster her, but uh, you know, having a client who listens, <laughs> who, who reflects on the counsel that the agency is providing. I know you're laughing because <laughs> we, we're, we're We've all been there, right? So it's such, it's such a joy. I, I know that any student that that we put on the APR team is going to have a positive experience because Nicole might not like every idea and she might not implement every idea, but she considers and she listens and she's thoughtful and and uses it as a conversation, doesn't just shut things down. We'll say, well, here's here's my thought or let me let me give this some thought. And I think that kind of dynamic is what leads to a successful engagement. And I know we we joke because not all clients do that, but uh, I do think it's that that great connection, that relationship between the two that has made both of our, our parts successful. Thank, thanks, Amy. I'd love to just add, and as Melissa, as you mentioned that too, I mean, these are young experts who are gaining the experience and they've got so many creative ideas that I could never have even thought of. And that's that beauty of the the teamwork too, right? And um, the diversity of all the the minds engaged here lab. That's one of the best parts of it. I think it works too because of you, Amy. Um, I, I know that you bring to this and you bring to your teaching in the classroom uh, extensive background. Gary alluded to it in terms of corporate communications, work in agencies. I remember when you worked with my friend, our, our friend, Paul Capelli at Staples. Um, yes. As you look at the students today and seek to prepare them for effective communications careers, what are some enduring values, skills, attitudes that you seek to instill, instill in them as they prepare for their careers? Sure. And I, I want to just throw out a uh, a call to my co-PR lab director, Justin Joseph, because uh, I could not do this alone. He is an incredible partner and also comes from that, that public relations background. And one of the things that Professor Joseph and I do is we talk to agencies regularly and we try to understand just the answer to that question, like what do we need to be successful? We'll talk to alums who are working in-house and figure out what what could we have done a better job with, and then we incorporate that into our approach to public relations education. But to answer your question, Mike, number one is writing. It, it keeps coming back to that. Even if you've got a TikTok heavy client, there's still writing involved in the strategy in those message points that you're trying to communicate through video. Client experience. That's the second thing. Being able to work with people that you've never met before, establish rapport, build trust, give them what they need before they realize they need it. You know, all of those softer skills that it's very hard to put into a textbook that you can really only gain through experience and conversation, but that's something we really strive for. So writing, client experience. The third skill that is never going to go out of style is this monitoring, measurement, evaluation of your impact. That is something that I know the industry has grappled with for many, many years, and it's something that we continue to push hard on with our students. Even though we only have 13 weeks at PR Lab to have an impact, 
Melissa will know, I force you to measure what that impact actually is. And Nicole will know. We'll say, hey, Nicole, we need some some web analytics from you to help us connect the dots to show what it is that we're actually doing. Uh, It's so important, so vital to be able to articulate the value that you're providing to the client and the impact that you're having. I always tell my students, no one's going to give you a big bag of money and say, go ahead, have fun, do whatever you want with it. You're always having to tell them, what are you going to get for that money? And then prove it at the end. What did you get for that money? And it's, it's part of business. And then the last thing I'll say, Mike, is adaptability and flexibility. You know, we can have the best plans in the world, but when uh, news breaks or an issue erupts, or even circumstances change and maybe the players change, you've got to be able to build off of that plan and then pivot and move into, okay, well, what are we going to do as a result? Or how can we take advantage of this new opportunity that's just emerged and just being comfortable with the constant flux and change that happens is such an important skill. Amy, let me extend it. And maybe it's actually an extension of the question I asked Melissa earlier, which is, so those are some of the skills that you are expected from the marketplace. What do you think these young people who are graduating, who have gone through PR lab, what perspectives or skills or capabilities, what are they bringing that's different maybe from previous generations? I believe that this generation is bringing ethics and authenticity in ways that we haven't seen before. They really want to do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. And while, sure, we all have to live and we all have to make a salary, they're not as willing to compromise their own values for a dollar. And I think that authenticity and that value matters so much to an organization, any organization, who's trying to connect with its audiences. You know, Mike, you talked about the trust barometer. I think this helps an organization tackle that trust from the inside out. You know, when you have a, a younger a newer professional into the marketplace that is going to stand up for what's right. I think that is something that's new and unique and we haven't seen before. And then I think that this exploration, this hunger for, maybe it's not a hunger, but just a being open to whatever's new on the horizon. Uh, Melissa is great at this. Yeah, I'll try that. You know, <laughs> I don't ever hear Melissa say, no, that's not possible. It's, yeah. I'll try that. And, you know, and it's that kind of that positive attitude that I think is, is also something that you're not seeing, you know, a jaded professional with 15 years experience be like, no, I tried that. It didn't work. Right. You're, you're saying, no, this is something that I've, I'm willing to put myself out there and learn something new. And I, I don't know that you can teach those things either. It's just intrinsic into who they are as people. Yeah. And in fact, I wish more professionals were like that in the sense that, you know, what we should be guided by is is, is whether or not the work yeah. is successful and, 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 and almost be constant yes. students, you know, constantly asking questions, constantly probing in order to get to the right answers. Um, and, and to your point, Amy, you know, what worked even in the same organization two years ago may not work today uh, because the whole world is changing. And, and, and to that point, as we think about change, um, what do you think we'll see in terms of changes with PR Lab over the next 45 years? It's a years? great question. And it's something that Professor Joseph and I are, are grappling with. Uh, we actually 
have made a couple of changes recently that I think we're going to keep building on. And one is a focus on internal culture. Uh, it's something that we've been so client focused for so many years, but we're recognizing that we can do a better job for our clients if we invest a little bit more in our own internal culture, whether it's through um, diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts. Um, this semester, we launched a culture survey that we're, we're, we're having multiple touch points throughout the semester. So that, that's one thing that I think we're going to continue to see. We also, I really, this is a something I really want to do a better job with, is that monitoring and analysis piece. I really want to get some support around technology that is less piecemeal. Our students do a great mm -hmm. job of piecing the different parts together, but I'd like to um, get some investment in a holistic perspective on the, the broader impact that our clients are having in the market and be able to provide that service to them. And then to that end, I also see greater tie-in with our College of Communication. We have a communication research center, which is an incredible facility for everything from focus groups to um, eye tracking software to measuring people's responses when they're consuming media. And I want to see us get better at using that so that we can test the content we're putting out in the market, that we're making sure that uh, we are creating content that has a significant impact. So that's where I hope to see more changes happening over the next few years. Well, that sounds really exciting Great. and fantastic. And, and thank you for the previous answer. It made me optimistic about the kind of work <laughs> that we're going to be doing in our industry going forward. And, and I agree with the amazing, uh, I would say, spirit, really, of these graduates and young people. It's, it really has impressed me um, in my time at, at BU. Well, thank you. Uh, before we end, I do want to thank one other person, and that is Sarah Goodman, uh, who is my graduate assistant uh, this semester. And she's been working on the crux throughout, doing all the production, taking out all the mistakes that Mike and I make, and uh, done a great job. And the reason I mention it today is that Sarah uh, put together this episode of the crux. Um, and so I really appreciate it. Uh, so, Sarah, thank you, and then a tip of the hat to you for all the work you've done, great work you've done this semester. So, Amy, Melissa, and Nicole, thank you for being on The Crux of the Story. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Crux, and make sure to listen for our next episode. Follow us at The Crux on Facebook and on Twitter, and you can find our episodes on SoundCloud and on our website, thecruxpodcast.org.